Hello and welcome to Podiatrics Pediatric Podcasts. Uh, today we're going to be talking about fluids in paediatrics, um, how to calculate them, why they're important, etc. Just for those of you who are potentially new to the podcast channel, I thought I'd take a second to um, explain the purpose of the podcast. So this podcast is mainly aimed for those of you who might be medical students, um, physician associate students who would like some podcasts explaining some of the key and important topics in medicine with a focus on paediatric topics. If you would like any specific podcast covered, feel free to drop me an email. Um, it's all lowercase, so it's tomd nine five one seven at gmail dot com, and I'm more than happy to um, to engage and um, publish some podcasts on different topics. So today's topic is fluids in paediatrics. And what we're going to do is we're going to briefly talk about fluids in paediatrics, why we might want to do it, introduce a very important formula, and then we'll go through some of the specific things that need to be taken into account with some worked examples. So why is it important? So any of the, you that do paediatrics um, as a medical student, also in prescribing exams like the PSA, really important to know this because it's something that can come up and exam questions as well very easy to ask you um calculation based questions on this so a few brief overview of fluids in pediatrics so it's probably worth worth saying straight off that we should be trying to rehydrate children through a nasogastric route or even more preferable than that, oral. Intravenous fluids are not medications that are without side effects or problems. So it is worth at least thinking, can we potentially um, use another route? So we always try and encourage the oral route or the nasogastric route if possible by passing a nasogastric tube. what are we trying to accomplish? Well, I suppose a lot of what we're trying to do is actually try and um, help the kidneys out. And not, we're going to predominantly talk about maintenance fluids. So patients that have not got kind of a significant amount of um, losses. So our urine output, ideally, they're rough figures, but if the child is less than two, we want it to be more than two uh, millilitres per kilogram per hour. And if they're greater than two years old, it's one milligram per kilogram per hour. And you'll be aware from both paediatric and adult medicine that we really tend to get worried um, if it's less than one and especially less than 0.5 millilitres per kilogram per hour. So why do we give intravenous fluids? So I want you to think about them in two very distinct ways. Number one is we give maintenance fluids if usually if a patient is nil by mouth or not drinking enough. So 
If a patient is nil by mouth, they will have usually all of their fluids intravenously. If they're not drinking enough, we'll look at how much they are drinking, how much their requirements are and top them up with fluids. So for example, if they should be having 1,500 mil per day and they are drinking 400 mils a day, we may give them the other 1,100 mil through fluids. So it's based upon how much they're taking in through other routes and then topping them up with intravenous fluids. The second type of fluids, which is something that we're not really going to touch upon today because it doesn't need to be touched upon that much, is replacing deficits. So maintenance fluids, number one. Number two is replacing deficits. So we tend to estimate the degree, usually of dehydration, things like are they 5%, 10%, 15% dehydrated? And then we work out from that um, how much they have lost. And that's just by calculating a percentage. So I'm going to focus mainly on children today um, and we'll briefly touch upon neonates as well. So the one formula you need to know, and it's an easy formula to remember, is the holiday cigar formula. So what this says is, um, we'll talk about it in better depth later on, but basically for the first 10 kilograms of body weight, you will give 100 millilitres per kilogram per day. So if a child weighed nine kilograms, you would give them 900 mils per day. If they were eight kilograms, you would give 800 mil per day. If they were six kilograms, you would give 600 millilitres per day. The So that covers your children up into 10 kilograms of weight. For the second 10 kilograms of body weight, so for those that weigh between 10 kilograms and 20 kilograms of weight, um, it's then 50 mils per kilogram per day. And then after that point, the remainder of the body weight is 20 mils per kilogram per day. So let's talk about an example. So we said if a child weighs 10 kilograms, the first 10 kilograms of body weight, it is 100 millilitres per kilogram per day. So if a child weighs 10 kilograms, it is 10 multiplied by 100 that gives you a thousand millilitres per day. And then you divide that by 24 to give millilitres per hour. This is more of a prescribing um, exam kind of situation or progress test. So the second 10 kilograms of body weight is 50 mil per kilogram per day. So if someone weighed 15 kilograms, the first 10 kilograms would be 100 mil per day, which would be 1,000. And then the second thing would be five okay so if they were 15 kilograms the second five would be at 50 mil per kilogram 50 multiplied by five is 250 so they would be on 1250 milliliters per day divide by 24 to get milliliters per hour the remainder of the body weight is 20 mil per kilogram per day so let's talk about an example so let's say someone that weighs 25 kilograms so the first 10 kilograms of their body weight will be 100 mil per kilo per day, which is 10 multiplied by 100, which is 1,000 mil. The second 10, ki so the second 10 kilogram of body weight would be 50 mil per kilogram per day. So 50 multiplied by 10 
is 500. So we're at 1,000 plus 500, which is 1,500. The remainder of their body weight after 20 kilograms is 20 mil per kilogram per day. So that is 20 multiplied by 5, which is 100. So it would be 1,000 plus 500 plus 100. So that would be 1,600 per day. 1,600 mils per day divided by 24 would give you the rate per hour. The electrolyte requirements are widely disputed and people say um, something around about two to four millimoles per kilogram per day. Um, it's an estimate and we don't tend to listen to it too much. So usually what we do is our fluid that we tend to give is 0.9% saline plus 5% dextrose, okay? And that will make sure that we have enough sodium, but also that we have enough glucose to prevent um, starvation ketosis. Potassium is normally given between one to two millimole per kilogram per day, okay? And usually, if you give a child um, a 500 mil bag of 0.9% sodium chloride plus 5% dextrose plus 10 millimoles of potassium chloride, that is absolutely fine. It's all in the same bag and you tend to give 500 mil bags. So if they require 1,500 mil, then they would have three of those 500 mil bags in 24 hours. Neonates is slightly different um, and I'll just gloss over it now. So the maintenance fluids in neonates tend to be dependent on what day of life they are and their weight. So day one, you'll see this when you do neonates, 60 mil per kilo per day, day two, 90 mil per kilo per day, day three, 120 mil per kilo per day, day four and after 150 mil per kilo per day. So notice every day it goes up by 30. So it goes 60 day one, 90 day two, 120 day three, 150 day four. Um, and yeah, similar amounts of sodium and potassium um, per body weight that um, pediatric patients need. The fluid type, again, um, should be, in neonates, they tend to prefer 10% dextrose, and then you tend to calculate how much sodium and potassium they need in neonates, whereas in children, you tend to give a balanced intravenous fluid that has got sodium, that has got chloride, potassium, and glucose, and that is usually in paediatric patients that are not neonates, that's a 500 mil bag of 0.9% saline plus 5% dextrose with 10 millimoles of potassium chloride. So that's basically um, what we're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about dehydration. So different people say um, different things with dehydration. And we'll go in more detail about it, but essentially dehydration can be mild, moderate or severe. Um, we tend to say mild dehydration is that your deficit is 5% of your body weight. Moderate is 10% of your body weight and severe is 15% of your body weight. Mild dehydration tends to give you dry mucous membranes, increased thirstiness and slightly decrease urine output. Some of these patients can have oral or NG fluids. Um, 
normally you give them at least their maintenance potentially you can go up to 150 percent of their maintenance or you can give it intravenously but we try where we can to use the oral and ng route so that's mild dehydration moderate dehydration is when the deficit is 10 percent of your body weight so that's quite you know quite a bit if you're 60 kilograms you've lost um six kilograms of weight dry mucous membranes then you have other things such as a tachycardia uh, reduced urine output loss of skin turgle and sunken eyes or uh, sunken fontanelle so you tend to give an intravenous bolus so that can be 10 to 20 mils per kilo of 0.9% saline. So that's to replace the fluid deficit. And then you would obviously have them on um, maintenance fluids. Okay. These patients can still have um, oral rehydration solutions, but often will require fluid bolus. Uh, severe is when you've lost 15% of your body weight, which is a significant, hugely significant amount of um, fluid. So it's the same features that you get for moderate dehydration, but... The tachycardia will tend to be more. If you were to feel their brachial pulse, it would tend to be weak. Blood pressure is a relatively, um, but a very poor sign in dehydration because it happens in severe dehydration. Delay capillary refill time, so longer than two seconds, sometimes three, four, five seconds. With mottling of the skin and can also get shortness of breath. So that is how to correct it. Um, oral rehydration solution you can do this in the form of what we refer to as a fluid challenge so if someone came in with gastroenteritis they had mild dehydration and you made the decision that actually you could replace things um, orally rather than nasogastrically you would give them one to two milliliters per kilogram every 10 minutes and you give the parents a chart to fill in um, has the child managed to take it in okay and usually that results in um, 20 mils per kilo of oral fluids in about two hours and that's okay if they manage to take that amount the child may be able to go home with appropriate safety netting and red flags to look out for and open access but 20 mils per kilogram of oral fluid in about two hours um, the maths make sense if you're giving it every 10 minutes and there's 120 minutes then if you do 12 multiplied by 1 to 2 that's 12 to 24 mils per kilogram and we'd certainly be be happy um, if they had taken the tw 20 mils per kilogram um, and sometimes we need to have a look at, um, at electrolyte derangements but we'll talk about that later very important to measure electrolytes when someone's having intravenous um, fluid therapy. A few of the things I'd like to just mention before I properly try and tie this all together is the NICE guidelines um, are fairly useful. Um, things like when you're doing resuscitation, fluid resuscitation, you should use glucose-free fluids. Um, they make reference to the holiday Seagar formula, so definitely it's worth um, being familiar with that calculation. If there's a risk of um, problems with antidiuretic hormone, these patients, so syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone, 
you tend to restrict fluids to 50 to 80 percent so we do exactly what we said um, calculate their maintenance fluids that's 100 mil per kilogram for the first 10 kilograms 50 mil per kilogram for the second 10 kilograms and then 20 mil per kilo for every kilogram thereafter and we'd restrict that to 50 to 80 percent so we calculate how much they should need maintenance and then all we would do then is times that by 0 0.5 to get to 50 percent or times by 0 0.8 to get to 80 percent um so that's worth thinking about we're mainly going to talk about so fluid boluses tend to be 10 to 20 mils per kilo and maintenance fluids we have talked about okay um so that's kind of um the main things i wanted to say and i've just got a few things that i'd like to talk about so if you were to compare an elephant and a mouse i want to make a comparison that should hopefully make sense so an elephant is 200,000 times larger than a mouse and actually an elephant's metabolic rate is higher but the metabolic rate of an elephant compared to its mass so mass specific metabolic rate is basically one twelfth of that of a house mouse so as warm-blooded animals get bigger so we've got for example a shrew would have a mass specific metabolic rate of seven a house mouse of one and an elephant of 0 0.12 okay so it's very important to be aware sorry not 0.12 one twelfth of one whatever that number might come out as not very good at maths but shrew has a higher mass specific metabolic rate than a mouse a human a horse an elephant so as the animal gets bigger the mass specific metabolic rate goes down so what why am i saying that well the holiday cigar formula that we've talked about said that for the first 10 um for the first 10 kilograms it's 100 mils per kilogram for the next 10 kilograms it's 50 mil per kilogram and for every kilogram thereafter it's 20 mil per kilogram and that makes sense from what you know my very obscure fact that i've just told you about um, house mice and elephants because as we get bigger as humans as animals get bigger in the animal kingdom their mass specific metabolic rate goes down so that creates issues and that creates um, important physiological applications for us so if you've got a higher metabolic rate adjusted for mass you have a higher calorie demand and you need higher fluid requirements children have a higher surface area to body weight ratio and therefore lose more fluid for the skin which means they need more fluid they also tend to have higher respiratory rates you'll be aware that um, children can have respiratory rates 30s 40s plus whereas in adults we tend to talk about 12 to 18 as a, as a normal respiratory rate um, these high respiratory rates mean that you lose more fluid through your respiratory tract so in adults a normal daily fluid and electrolyte requirement is 25 to 30 mil per kilogram per day 
in the NICE guidelines. And in children, that can be 100 mil per kilogram per day if they're less than 10 kilograms, 50 mil per kilogram for those next 10 kilograms, and then 20, which is more like adult um, statistics if they're above um, 20 kilograms. So why is this important? So the holiday seagull formula is actually an estimate of your the number of kilocalories that you burn or expend. So 100 kilocalories expended being equivalent to 100 mil. So actually holiday seagull formula is an estimation of calorie expenditure. And then that calorie expenditure is correlated with um, the amount of fluid that you'd need to replace those losses with that calorie expenditure. So that's an important physiological adaptation. Remember, just a few important bits of physiology and then we'll finish. Um, a 24-week-old um, gestation, baby fetus, etc., their body water is 80% of their weight. And a one-year-old, their body water is 60% of their weight. In adults, we talk about the 60-40-20 rule. So 60% of your total body weight is water in adults. 40% of that is intracellular, so inside the cell. 20% is extracellular. So extracellular fluid can be plasma fluid, can be interstitial fluid, which is normally called tissue fluid, and transcellular fluid. So in cells, outside cells. What do we know about, for example, newborns is that adults have 20% of their total body water um, extracellularly. Newborns have 45% extracellularly and 35% intracellular. So why is this an issue? Well, actually, I said that newborns, 80% of their total um 80% of their total weight is water and one-year-olds 60%. So that explains why newborns need higher doses of things like gentamicin, uh, which is a water-soluble drug. So premature babies might need five milligram per kilogram of gentamicin. And when you're out of that neonatal period, it's 2.5 milligram per kilogram. Why is that important? Water-soluble drugs, okay, if you've got water soluble drugs and you've got more total body water, you need to use a higher amount of um, a higher dose to achieve the same concentration. So we've talked about the important things today. I hope that's been useful um, and it's worth thinking about what we've said today and be able to know what we're talking about in terms of dehydration. So mild dehydration normally would have thirsty, um, be complaining of increased thirst. Normal skin turgle, normal blood pressure, normal heart rate, but can have a decrease urine output. Moderate dehydration is they can be um, moderately thirsty, dry mucous membranes, sunken anterior fontanelle, sunken eyes, decreased skin turgle, normal blood pressure and increased heart rate, and the urine output is markedly decreased. Severe dehydration, which is when we're talking about above 10% of weight loss. Can be normal behaviour, but can also be lethargic or potentially comatose. Very, very thirsty. Dry mucous membranes and a sunken anterior fontanelle. Um, decreased skin turgor. Normal blood pressure, but can have hypotension as well. Tachycardia and can actually be anuric. So not passing any urine. So that's the important things today about the holiday seagull formula 
and um, fluid prescribing in paediatrics and neonates. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah.